I do not have a 10-inch penis. No, I do not. Seriously. And welcome to episode number 25 of the Wrestle Hut Piss. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh. Strike that Dude, record. no, no, no. You keep your failure in there. No. Good morning, world. Good afternoon. And welcome to the Crossing Borders podcast. I am your host, Writer Kath, with uh, Old Man Forgetful Man Flurry. And uh, we are coming to you on this fine Sunday afternoon because somebody forgot about our fine Saturday afternoon podcast. And I was the one who pushed it off to Saturday because I was busy on the usual Thursday as well. Yeah. And I forget the name of our podcast. We haven't even done, we've done one piss cast this year or something. Yeah. So embarrassing. I, I know where I am in the mental hierarchy, so thanks. Uh, to be fair, it's a mess up there in the old brain, as it is. So don't take it as indicative of anything. Maybe you should work that out. Uh, you know, when you've done 150, 180, I don't know how many piss casts we've done, and now 25 Crossing Borders podcasts, you generally default to the other one when you're not thinking. Well, maybe you should get some mental brain exercises in there instead of just trying to get swole. Give me some Sudoku or something. Exactly. Uh, so what are we talking about today, Kath, on this here uh, podcast? Might be the longest intro we've ever done. Yeah, we are talking about Roadblock, which I forgot about, so you'll be carrying the, lo- you'll be carrying the load on every topic here because I forgot constantly. Well, I've we- been carrying you, so... Am I alone? 25 episodes now. (laughs) Well, let's see here. Okay. So, busy week at work for me, and then this weekend I just kind of crashed out and did nothing, so I forgot about Roadblock. I, of course, didn't watch Raw. Um, I haven't watched any, like, Lucha or anything. And I don't mean Lucha Underground. I mean real Lucha. I don't watch that fake crap. But um, you're going to tell us about Roadblock. You're going to tell us about the latest episode of Lucha Underground. And then we have a number of topics, all that you have come up with. Yeah, because, again, you don't do anything. Yeah, I just inaccurately intro the show. You show up and press the button. Yeah, I do press a couple buttons, and hopefully I remembered to. Let's see. We are recording. I can tell you that, at least. Oh, good. So I did my job. This is now just a platform for you to talk about wrestling and for me to go, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, so why don't we talk about one of the non-result bits, then? Okay. All right. So one of our topics, rather than just the uh, result shows, so I'm not rambling for... So what What? Minutes. Yeah. What one would you like to start off with? The WrestleMania thing? Or... You can pick. Okay. So a couple of your topics were who deserves a WrestleMania moment, rather than just manufacturing one for the sake of it. We're going to have a little discussion, briefly on the word buried, and the word buried has been misused forever, and we're going to more kind of dissect what that term actually means, and maybe some alternatives to using that word whenever the guy you like loses. Yeah. I'm going to talk, we've talked about this before, but you did want to bring up again the WWE illusion that they're the only wrestling company where you can be creatively fulfilled and make a good living, and so on and so forth, and as they continue promoting that mentality... We have, well, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, and then we also have heels no selling chance, like what happened on Raw, and just the general idea of heels not ha- letting the crowd get under their skin and whether or not that's a good thing. But let's start off with who deserves a WrestleMania moment rather than just manufacturing one for the sake of it. 
Uh, well, there's two I can think of right off the top of the bat, if only because they've been so strongly hinting lately that their careers are winding down. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, Mark Henry and Goldust. Uh, now, what, what kind of moment would they get? Well, like, for them, I mean, they don't need to win a world title or anything like yeah. that, but just a big win or some kind of memorable moment where they win a, you know, multi-man match or whatever, and it just gives them that little bit of time in the spotlight and lets them have that. Uh, that's what those WrestleMania moments should be. A culmination or even just, like, a thank you for... Thank you for the many years of entertainment. <laughs> So it doesn't have to be winning the world title or the intercontinental title, although conceivably Goldust could win like the U.S. title or whatever. Yeah. Not necessarily the worst thing in the world. Although I believe he and R-Truth are going to finally culminate their love affair at WrestleMania. Yeah. So that'll be his big WrestleMania moment is getting to tag team with R-Truth for a few weeks. Yeah. And you know what? It's not a WrestleMania moment. But they they can make it something... They can make something of that. Just have it be, you know, Gold get, Gold Dust gets 30 seconds, gets 45 seconds to bask in some adulation, you know, like to have a celebration. Sure. Why not? Hey, you know, it's like a three or four hour show. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's any, there's any issue with that. I think it would be perfectly fine. And it's a feel good moment for people, too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, and, I don't have any issues with this. All right, but so, but who would you pick? Like current roster or just in general, never any, got one type thing. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I'm anyone who. Hmm. I haven't put any thought into this. You see, uh, I don't have anyone, honestly. I can't think of anybody who deserves that little nightcap to their career here because I, to me it's like if you're still competing and you're winding down and you're going to retire momentarily, then I can see it. But I don't see anyone who's really on the cusp of retiring. It feels like Mark Henry has been retiring for five years, mm-hmm. and he never has. And Goldust, I don't know. Goldust has given about as much good as he's given bad in his career, so I don't have great nostalgia for him. I don't know. I'll think on this one. If I can think of somebody, if somebody pops in my head later, I'll throw it out there. I mean, like, one great goodbye moment that I feel was kind of understated was uh, Vader. When he came out to squash Heath Slater on Raw, when he was doing the feuds with the Legends. Right. And it was like, for a man whose last moments in the ring before that were... Falling down? Yeah. (laughs) Like, it was such a sad ending for... His WWE's career. Yeah, the sad thing is that dude is, like, pushing 60 and he's still wrestling on the indies. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for him to get that moment where the crowd was losing their mind and you could just see him go, you remember. Aww. Like, it was, that was, that was a great little capstone. Like, far better than, like, falling down and walking away in shame. Yeah. You know, I really, um, I, during that whole Heath Slater gets beat up by old people thing, I remember, uh surprising like reaction for Sid when mm-hmm. Sid came out and beat him up. And hey, you know, Sid did draw a really big house with Shawn Michaels once upon a time in Texas. So, Very true. hey, that's a guy who could go ahead and get his moment in the sun. One of the worst wrestlers ever. One of the worst WrestleMania headliners of all time. One of the most gruesome injury havers I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, probably the worst promo uh, on a main event level that I have ever seen in modern wrestling, mm-hmm. at least. So if anybody deserves it, it's Big Sid. Why not? Why not? Give, you know let what? Let him the... come out and choke slam somebody and give him a power bomb. Pin him. <laughs> give Sid a big WrestleMania moment. Why not? Uh, you know, it's they always try and tote like unexpected things and surprising moments and those kind of work. Like those legend pops really yeah. work when they're used like that. And why the hell not? You know, a big you've got session of heroes. Have them come out and let them wave at the crowd and do their f- pose. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's you know that'd be fine. Yeah, bring out Sid. Okay, I'm down for Sid. <laughs> Let Sid cut a fucking promo. I, I like honestly of my favorite promos in wrestling history. Sid is among them. Because yeah, he elevated just being terrible to an art form. Uh, you're the other one that will go ahead here. Buried burials. What is being buried? What it, does it even mean anything anymore? Um, this I is think... about Dean, right? Not necessarily. I think you can use it very generally. It's become a kind of default word whenever somebody loses any match. That they are being buried. Right. And I think the term is just wildly overused. It is. And, you know, it has been forever. Like, Hmm. as long as I've been on SA, you know, in PSP, even prior to PSP, it was always, my guy didn't win, so it's buried. And, you know, the decision might be wrong to have the guy you want to win not win. But it does, like, even if you go back, it was the wrong decision, like a really bad decision, you know, to have uh, Stephanie go with Triple H during the love triangle with Kurt Angle. Yeah. That was the wrong decision. It was the wrong decision for Kurt Angle to lose. It was the wrong decision for Kurt Angle to lose that feud. It doesn't make it a burial. It just means that they had bad creative. And in other situations, like where Dean Ambrose has been kind of the poster child for this, People know he should be higher than he is. They're still putting him in main events, but they're not having him win them. They're not having him win the belt. They're, they see him as a guy who's an upper mid-carder, occasionally main eventing rather than a perennial main eventer. That doesn't mean he's being buried. No. That just means he's not being pushed to the quality that he should be. And for me, I think one of the more, at its very, very core, if you're buried, you're underground. You're not seen. And I think if you want to go for a definition of buried, okay, tell me the last time you thought of this person before I just said his name. Jack Swagger. Every night before I go to bed. <laughs> You're jackass. Yeah. Uh, so. No, Jack, but Again? the burial thing has to have ill intent. So, yeah. like, when JTG complained on Twitter about the payout for the South America tour or whatever, and then they, like, WWE were like, oh, we messed up the payment. Here you go. Everybody gets paid. But then they put JTG on TV and had him get no offense and have him get stiffed, and they go, tweet about that. And then he never yeah. shows up on Raw, like, ever again. Mm-hmm. That's a burial. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's also a punishment. So yeah. a burial can be, I feel like, either more insidious or more blatant like that. Yeah, well, either way, ill intent, for sure. Yes. And it goes back to me to the that, that statement, don't attribute to malice what you can explain away with stupidity, mm-hmm. especially in WWE's case. I mean, there were people, there would be 
arguments about CM Punk being buried because he was world champion and not doing the main events. Yep. And it's difficult to say. Can you be the world champion and get buried? Um, like, not if you're the actual world champion. Like, yeah. if you're the secondary one when they had two belts. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like... I, I can't say buried, because even though Jack Swagger was a terrible champion, and even though Mysterio was a terrible champion, and they feuded those two as well. Yeah. Um, I, I don't feel like it was a burial. Again, it was just bad, horrible, terrible booking. Yeah. I mean, I think the booking in some cases is so incompetent that it looks like a burial, but... Right, but when you're on TV every single show, and you're usually yeah. closing your uh, respective show, whether it was Raw or SmackDown back in the day or now, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know, when you're that guy, it, so long as you're making TV and you're put in a position of importance, even if the creative is horrible and destroys you in the long run, if it's not intended to be, I can't call it a burial. Mm-hmm. That's me. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like that's a chicken or egg scenario, you know, it's just like, look at, if somebody's off TV, like, I don't know, Heath mm-hmm. Slater was forever. I don't fig- feel it as a burial, I just feel like they don't see anything in him, you know, in him. Yeah. Um, I think there's also the case, too, where a person can be buried under a crappy gimmick. Or get, like, purposely given one. Yeah. Destroy him. Yeah. Absolutely. The Red Rooster? I think they thought that one was good. Well, okay. Um, at one point, Bobby Heenan was like, you look ridiculous, and Terry Taylor was like, no, I'm the Rooster! <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's... <laughs> Who knows? That, you know, at that point, when somebody's cheerfully proclaiming themselves to be a cock, like, mm. let's, let's call a spade a spade. That... There's so many times, though, someone will take that shitty gimmick and make it work. Yeah, absolutely. Not exactly the same thing, but I thought yeah. um, Bad News Barrett was kind of a dead-end gimmick, and mm-hmm. I was shocked that it worked so well. Yeah. And then the fact that they took it away from him and gave him the dead-end king gimmick, which didn't work so well, no, makes me almost wonder if it was a burial, or intended to be. Yeah, it's... Uh, almost makes me wonder. I, I feel, again, like that's the incompetence talking. Yeah. Yeah, because like, they, they put him out there, and they gave him a shot and everything, and he killed it, but, like, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to be able to. It's so shitty. Yeah. Like, that's not a gimmick that is easy to pull off. No. You need the appropriate amount of, like, relish and, like, evil the top over enthusiasm to make it work. Yeah. And he had it, and he brought that, and his his microphone skills are so strong. He's out of here. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah, June. Oh, wow. I'm bummed, bummed, but... That big WrestleMania moment. Probably not. Losing to the New Day. Yeah. Oh, what do you think about that, by the way? The New Day going face. Um, Is it the beginning of the end? We'll just have to see how far management meddles. Yeah. Because if they continue to kind of let them do their own thing, it, it should be fine. Yeah. I feel like they need maybe... A little bit more of an obvious face turn, like like a moment where they turn on some heel rather than just talking smack about everyone. <laughs> sure. Because part of me still goes, are they heel or are they face? And they still cheat and they still do like the 
underhanded tactics. So I feel like it needs to be a little bit more blatant. Like the um, the shield, if I'm not mistaken, had no hard turn. They did. They I mean, based off against the Wyatts. No, uh, they also had a moment where they did it on SmackDown and then they did it again on Raw because because that's what they do. Yeah, and um, their Triple H forced them to call Lawler into the ring and they were going to, he ordered them to beat him up for ah, sedition okay. or something. And Lull, and uh, the shield just turned on Hunter instead and that was the turn. That's good. Okay. But, but they had been teasing at it for a while. They had been, it was very slow. Yeah. Because the authority didn't want them to wrestle the Wyatts, but they did anyway and it kind of sowed the seeds of discontent. Okay. So, all right. Gotcha. So, anyway, that that uh, let's move on here and talk about Roadblock. And it should be an easy thing to talk about because it was only a four-match card. It was uh, internet only, network only. And you watched it. Again, I forgot about it. And tell me about the show in general. How did it go? Um, oh. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, I'm here. <laughs> uh, it was pretty fun. You could tell it had that more relaxed house show vibe. For instance, there were several spots in the main event where Dean kept working over Hunter's nose. And you could tell, like, in a non-televised house show, they would, they'd have a lot more fun with that. Yeah. But it still kind of worked, because nobody's, I've never seen anybody do that. It's actually pretty neat. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Um, the women's main event, or the women's match, was fantastic. And I actually said to the people I was on Skype with at the time... If they didn't have the world title match, this would be a perfectly acceptable main event. It was that good. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it was really well done. So, let's see. The matches uh, in order. Let me pull up uh, the quick Wikipedia here because I don't uh, have any idea what yeah. the order was. But it was uh, the four matches. Uh, wait a minute. Was it not? Yeah, four? they did. There was there was an off. Odd number of bait and switch moments. Oh, wow, this was a full show. This wasn't. A, I thought it was a four match show, but this was no. seven full matches. Yeah, um, there was a lot of bait and switch considering the advertising. It was very strange. Okay, well t- let's talk about it. So the, it opened with New Day against the League, which was Sheamus and Barrett. Barrett's yeah. back in the ring now. Yeah. Um. So I guess officially New Day's face. Yeah, but like I said, they were cheating. They were Good. using like. Xavier was distracting the refs, so it was very, it's a weirdly nebulous. Yeah. It can work if they do it right. Yeah, I mean, I don't want them out there kissing babies or anything, but... Yeah, I just feel match like, structure-wise, you do certain things to... Yeah, to, I feel like they need a mo- little bit more of a an oomph, okay, now they're face moments. And it's it didn't come across to me like, oh, these, you know mischievous plucky baby faces <laughs> distracting the ref to uh because the league were cheating yeah it uh, was yeah so it was just a, that little bit weird and i do think a bit more focus on the face turn would be warranted yeah. but they won they did and one would presume that uh oh it was a very fun match yeah assuming either a six-man or just another tag match at Mania, but I guess we'll Mm -hmm. find out soon. 
Yeah. Not a feud I have any interest in whatsoever. Again, I feel like it was because the face turn has been so... No, it's because the league fucking sucks. Shut up. They fucking suck. I like Barrett. Like, I, no, I like Barrett, and I like Rusev, mm-hmm. but I don't give a rat's ass about their shitty little thrown-together stable. No, it's it's a shame, because like all those guys working together, they, they're a group that are do that over-the-top... Selling kind of thing, like they they're very entertaining. Yeah, but in this case, it's super awkward just because again, they've got no direction. They they're doing the best with what they've got, and they haven't got much, unfortunately. <laughs> and it's not their fault. Yeah, there are are they hired goons? Are they yeah. world challenge? Like Sheamus was the champion. It doesn't feel like he was now. Yeah, he just feels like an opening match guy again. He kind of mm-hmm. did when he was champion, too, to be fair. He's such an odd duck, that one. He's a I weird one. Okay, so next match. Jericho Swagger. Um, was this even announced? No. No, and they had, had a Jericho. Match. They had Jericho as the heel and All-American American Jack Swagger as the face. Right. In Toronto. Ah, I see. That is and odd. It was funny Probably because... it didn't work. Not really. Jericho cut a promo beforehand, but it was almost as if the crowd was like, oh, okay, Chris, you want to be booed? We'll oblige you. Like, it was very half-hearted booing. It was like the crowd was just being polite in booing. It was it was so strange. That is strange. Like, they they didn't have, like, a rampaging hate on for Jericho. Swagger's We the People is over, and he gets he got to do some of his flashier moves, but... Again, just a very strange mismatch. If you're gonna have a, if you're gonna have a match like that unannounced with your top Canadian heel, you need a stronger face. One would. Uh, I, why? Why did they even put Swagger out there in an eight-minute match? In an eight-minute match. Not bad, but like no. he's not a guy who even makes TV anymore. No, it was. Well, they had they were running another house show concurrently. Mm-hmm. So he may have been there for that, and they might not have had another face at that level that they wanted to have loose. <laughs> at that level. <laughs> what well, level? I mean, Zero? Lot of, it was a lot of multi-man matches, so... Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I think it might have just been the roster for their show was too thin, because they had the other show running. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. Yeah. Uh, just kind of a very odd decision on their part. Yeah, I mean, you had Mark Henry in the dark match. Yeah. Not that it would have been a better match, but Henry's way more over than Swagger. Yeah, I think you could. they could probably have benefited but, from swapping I mean, them. It's neither here nor there. No. It's a second match on the it card fine. match and whatever. Yeah. They probably they probably work well together and had an okay match. Yeah, it was it was no complaints about it, just a very odd choice. Yeah. So then we had the NXT match. Yeah. Tell me about this. Excellent match. This is the revival of Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder against Enzo Amore and Colin Cassidy, who are again the bridesmaid for this evening. Still yeah. have never won the tag titles. And I'm assuming revival versus American Alpha at uh, the show Mania Weekend, the NXT show Mania Weekend, with American Alpha's uh, Gable and Jordan. Yeah. So revival retained. Yes. Uh, again, a very fun match. All the way around. All the tag matches were fantastic. Really entertaining. You could tell they didn't have the 
usual constraints. And it just felt like everybody was able to cut loose a bit more, maybe try some different stuff. Uh, very good spots. Really, really very fun. That's good. Yeah. That is, in fact, a good thing. Yeah. And the crowd was super into it. Enzo and Cass were very popular. So a lot of people were doing the intro along with them. So absolutely uh, no complaints about that one. Good. And then they did it again. Charlotte, Natalia. Mm -hmm. This time, uh, both. uh, Well, these are the two that started it all. Yeah. I guess you could say. They had the great match down in NXT one of the first uh, NXT special shows and completely tore the roof off the place. It was better than the main event. Um, And here they had, I think they went much less time on this match, but uh, from what I hear, hell of a match. Absolutely great. As I said earlier, without the world title match, I would have had no problem with this as the main event. It was that good. That's good. Um, I do find that with, Rick interfering, it's giving Charlotte's matches a real samey vibe mm. because they're all ending with Rick interference. Oh, and like, uh, was it another, like, Charlotte in the submission again? Very close, yeah. But what was it? Um, oh, golly. You're the yeah, one who there said was a submi- notes. Well, no, there was a submission, and then it was just the usual Rick distracted the competitor and it let Charlotte win. So... It's. I feel like Rick's presence, if in the matches, is starting to hurt Charlotte now, mm. because all of the matches are ending with Rick interference. You think he'll so, be gone after Mania? I don't know. Maybe. I feel like it's getting to a point where he's good. It's going to start to hurt her matches because that's all that happens. And I get the heel cheating to win, and that's fine. But they're all ending in the same cookie-cutter fashion. Yeah, but otherwise a great match? Oh, absolutely terrific. The match, could, the match could have been fine without that interference. It was a bit of a sour note for me. Who do you think... Um, sorry, who do you think is going uh, to win the triple threat at Mania between the uh, Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky? Um, I feel like it could be Sasha's moment. Mm-hmm. It's at a point where I wouldn't be disappointed with either of the three. I don't yeah. think... I think Becky needs to rehab her reputation a bit in the ring, like just win a few matches and get uh, get some momentum. Yeah, I think it's time for Charlotte to lose. Yeah, I, I see agree. either of them winning though. Yeah, I'd be totally fine with Char- or with uh, Sasha winning. Yeah, if Sasha does win though, she should beat Charlotte so that you can go off into the Becky feud between yeah. Sasha and. Becky. Um, so then, here's where you're talking about the bait and switch. Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar was supposed to face Bray Wyatt. Apparently, it wound up being a two-on-one handicap match with Luke Harper added so that Harper could take the fall. I don't even have the results in front of me, but, but I'm presuming that Luke Harper took the fall. Bray didn't even get into the match. Are you shitting me? No. He played like he backed off the entire time. He did not four land minutes, a They just did a four-minute match. And it they was a squash match. What the fuck? I was, it was a shame because like when I saw Harper just get into the ring, I'm like, oh, this could be really fun. And then it was a squash. And I was like, oh. So like, did they literally not lock up or anything? Brock and Bray? Nothing. Oh. They didn't even have contact. Bray so was backing up. They're still doing the- that feud down the line. Yeah. Yeah. They just had Bray back up the ramp. Didn't even get in the ring. 
Huh. It was bizarre. And that was, again, that was a bit of a sour moment because it's like, I wanted to see that. Yeah. I wanted to see that match you advertised. Yeah, I remember we were talking about it and we were like, you know, despite it all, this is going to be a pretty good match. Yeah, and even if they, okay, even if they had done that, Give Harper a little time, because Harper's so freaking good. Yeah, I love Brock Lesnar killing people, but I also would love to see him work with Luke Harper and give him eight minutes, you know? Let let yeah. Harper have a few moments. Yeah, this was like, this was the kind of match you would give Heath Slater against Brock Lesnar. Well, I don't think Heath lasts four minutes, to be fair, but I, yeah. Did, did Luke get any offense? Not much. Like, maybe hit the big discus lariat, and then Brock just gets up, overheads him. I don't remember Luke getting any offense. He might have, but... Yeah. Yeah, it was... It was that was a little disappointing. Oh, well. Because I was kind of expecting a hard-hitting smash-em-up, and it just wasn't. And then, in the oddest placement that I can I can ever remember, mm-hmm. Sami Zayn wrestled Stardust in the semi-main event. I mean, yeah. I know it's the come-down match and everything, but... When you have a uh, takedown match, you know, in between uh, uh, the two big matches, yeah. you don't have it go 12 and a half minutes, and you sure as shit don't have it include Stardust no matter what. Yeah, this was very mediocre feeling. What a way to just throw Sami Zayn out there without a fucking paddle. I know, and it was not a good match. Not surprising. It, it was okay, but again, kind of baffling. Yeah. Any crowd reaction whatsoever? Not really. Uh, and it's in Canada. They were happy to see Sammy, but then Stardust came out and it was just kind of like, oh. Like, no! That, there was no reason for that to have gone that long. It sh- the match times should have been reversed for the last two matches. There you go. Those two matches. So Sammy Zane won, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that or swap the Jericho Swagger match in sure. place. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, actually. Because Jericho's a bigger name, and it's not as a huge match, but it wouldn't kind of deflate the crowd like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could move Charlotte up. Charlotte Natalia. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know that those two can have a really good match. Whatever. Yeah. That's just the weirdest one here, because I look at every match, and I don't think there is a match on this card with less interest than Sami Zayn versus Stardust, because of Stardust. Even the NXT thing has that novelty that, hey, look, this is the... First time the NXT Tag Team Championships have been uh, defended on a main card. Yeah. There's something to that, you know, but like, Stardust. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, it's neither here nor there because in the main event, the King of Kings versus the King of the Wacky Line, Dean Ambrose, WWE yeah. World Heavyweight Championship. Man, they got a lot of time. 25 minutes. Pay-per-view quality match. Well, pay-per-view quality match on what is ostensibly a pay-per-view, so that's good, and if the main event for WrestleMania is as good as this, I hear, then we're in for a uh, good evening, because you told me before we went on the air that this match fucking ruled. Yeah, it really felt like it wasn't constrained by over-agenting or that sort of thing. It was very... It felt very relaxed. Like, they were going all out without be without having to hold back too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you see a house show where people kind of dog it, or... It's so-so, but that's not in the nature of these two guys. So they went out there, and they just had an all-out, really solid match. 
How uh, when you say really solid, that almost feels like it's just a good match. Was it? No, it was. It was great. It was very entertaining. Uh, told a good story. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a false finish at one point where Ambrose hit Dirty Deeds, got the three count clean, but his feet were under the ropes, and the crowd bought it. The people I was watching with bought it. So it was. People were chanting bullshit, but it was the good kind. You know, it wasn't like ah. people were angry. They they were angry because their guy didn't win, but not because the match, not because that was stupid. Right. I get you. Yeah. So that's that's very good. And mm-hmm. uh, big elbow drop through the table on the outside, but Triple H moved. Yeah. Um, so he, he did the old leap of faith from the uh, top turnbuckle. He did. The table. And thankfully, unlike... Uh, uh, CM Punk at Mania, the table, I'm assuming, broke. Yes. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so, and then that Ambrose managed to crawl into the ring at nine, got hit with a second pedigree of the night, and got pinned. Mm-hmm. And so, he looked like a badass. That's definitely good. Yeah. He looked, he looked like a great, like a badass, but it was also not oh, he just got squashed, or oh, he, you know, he lost clean and, you know, looked like a chump. No, he he got a visual pinfall on Triple H after one Dirty Deeds. Yeah. And so, you know, better, I, I almost wondered if there would be some sort of, like, outside interference, you know, with yeah. Roman and with Brock, um, and there wasn't. No, they they kept it surprisingly clean. Which was great, because any interference would have really hurt that match. Yeah. They didn't need it. They didn't need the smoke and mirrors. Because Ambrose looked like a really good underdog. Hunter, you know, Hunter didn't do his usual thing where he takes somebody lightly. Mm-hmm. And so it was a lot of fun. You had a few moments where Hunter was like, what the hell? And... They, t- they had some great moments. Like, one of the house show bits that I loved was Ambrose kept working the nose. And that's the sort of thing you really only see on a house show because it's mm-hmm. a little silly, but it works. So, um, by a successful main event. Yes. A lot of people, there was some speculation online that, oh, hey, this could be Ambrose's audition for, like, main event status, and if it was, he definitely passed in a lot of people's eyes. Well, I'm glad yeah. that the uh, the guy who's main evented, like, a quarter of the shows last year <laughs> passed his main event audition this year. Yeah. Um, it was, again, more just, like, he, he really looked motivated and... Yeah, well, he always does. Yeah. He's a, he's a hard worker, that one. He is. So I am glad to hear it went off uh, as well as it did. Yeah, really, you could have had that match at SummerSlam, you could have had that match at Mania, and it wouldn't have been out of place. Damn. That's high praise. So let's talk about um, your little note from Raw. I guess we can talk briefly about Raw. I don't want to go through a whole Raw review at all or really touch on anything other than uh, I watched Shane McMahon's punches. Mm-hmm. And Shane McMahon's punches are still an absolute embarrassment. And they must think they look cool. Yeah, because they, they did it again. Them. Yeah, they will show them repeatedly. <laughs> Remember when he destroyed Randy Orton's main event potential with punches? Ghost punches? Do you remember that? Yeah. 
that was Randy Orton was hot, and after that he was done. Like he had a brief window to be some trans uh, transcendental uh, badass, like just this crazy fucking uh, uh, top guy heel, and they yeah. brought Shane out, and Shane missed him with punches. And Randy was never the same again. Whether or not no. it would have worked in the grand scheme of things, who knows? But that that fucking in and of yeah. itself killed him. Orton is a dude who kind of lives and dies by his if he's motivated. Yeah. And you could just tell that kind of deflated him. So Shane McMahon still can't throw a fucking worked punch. No. I'm glad he's doing all his MMA training so that he can do what I guess are supposed to be realistic looking punches that in the context of pro wrestling look terrible. Yeah, it's a it's shame. It's almost like they're different sports. It's a shame, but there's going to be so much smoke and mirrors at Mania that all he's going to have to do is take a few big bumps, and that's it. Let's hope he can he can do it. Oh, I I have confidence that he can bump. Good. Yeah. Um, throw him around like a rag doll. They are continuing the absolutely baffling Natal or uh, Brie Bella and Lana feud. Yeah. They, and need, they for, need another main event. For some reason, Lana came out in her, like, Dolph Ziggler denim gear. Yeah, I saw that. What was that about? I have no idea. Maybe it was laundry day. <laughs> it, But it was confusing. Like, why? Why and, indeed? Yeah, so Summer Rae uh, continues to be a proxy in the feud. I don't care, because I like Summer Rae. She's a I, proxy in the feud? Well, she was fighting, uh, she was wrestling Brie. Oh, okay. So. Her career really took off since the uh, breakup with Tyler Breeze, huh? Yep, yep. Uh, basically, yeah, Lana distracted Brie and Summer got the win. So tell me about um, the little note you had about heels no selling chance. Once upon a time, and even still sometimes, but you have that thing where the fans start chanting at a heel and the heel looks out there and he gets you know that look on his face and he kicks the bottom rope and he tells them all to shut up and he's very aggravated by it and here you had another example instead of heels just not reacting well reacting to them in a way that's like i don't care yeah so tell me what happened back in the day vince like in the attitude era vince mcmahon would get asshole chance mm-hmm. People would call him an asshole. And he'd get all mad and red-faced and tell him to shut up! And what would the fans do? They got under his skin, so they would chant louder. Yep. And this week on Raw, he started directing like a conductor, like a maestro. Mm-hmm. And the fans just stopped. You know, it was. I mean, I get if it's an asshole chant, you don't want that on your PG show. But it was just another. You can't. They can muffle it, but it just completely disengaged the crowd. Yeah. You know, that would be like. Just at a basketball game or an NFL game. After a goal, they just said, please sit quietly. You know, no, no reactions. We don't want to distract the players. I remember there was a like a CM Punk chant recently, and Vince did the same thing where he just stood there, and then when they petered out, he just was like, "Oh, you couldn't keep it going, huh?" 
Like, just yeah. blocking them. And, again, it's a CM Punk chant, so, you know, unless you're chanting that in response to something being terrible, I think that then it's acceptable mm-hmm. to chant that. Um, like, I mean, those I'm not go away. Yeah, I'm not saying every every chant needs to be acknowledged or get under the person's skin. Yeah. But stuff like that just kills engagement. I'm fine with the what chant having died a death. Even though it hasn't, unfortunately. For the most part. For the most part, thank fuck. Yeah. Like that cadence that lent itself to the what chance has been negated. I'm fine. Like when The Undertaker, uh, when he was in his American badass phase. Yeah, say he what was, if you sleep with your sister. Was That was great. That was great. Bray Wyatt killing the chant very effectively just with the the cadence of his voice. Yep, the way he talks. That's fine. But when a crowd is into something and booing and, you know, in the moment, to just actively go there and kill it? Yeah. It just seems so counterproductive. The most fun thing in wrestling, watching this stuff, is, you know, the crowd energy. Yeah. crowd feeding in and the crowd... Oh, I don't know. You know, the, the crowd... Participating. Yeah, the crowd participating and getting loud and chanting at people and working off of that and feeding off of that and having that very real and legitimate uh, energy rather than, like, killing it off and just going, no, 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 no. We have to go through all this and this and that and that. And, uh, you know, follow along with us and only chant when yeah. what we tell you to chant and so on and so forth. And that's the thing. If you want that, if you want complete crowd control, pay the audience to be there. Like, yeah. hire actors. You but don't... Sorry, the fact is, the reason for why the crowd doesn't react much anymore is they have very little to chant about. You know, yeah. very little... Re- like, look back in the day. You know, when the crowd would chant whatever, and everybody had a sign, and it was just mm-hmm. chaos and bedlam, and you chant down at the wrestlers, and they'd react. And now you don't get any sort of reaction like wrestlers are forbidden from you know for the most part depending on who you are reacting with the crowd even looking in the camera jawing with uh, ringside people during their matches mm-hmm. you have to just not acknowledge their existence and it's it's such a dichotomy it's so it's a live product so it doesn't yeah. make sense it's not it's not a play right and even at that i have seen like crowds in plays where there was a murder mystery, and there was a vital clue in the desk, and like the tension was palpable. And one guy in the crowd actually yelled, "It's in the desk!" because he was so moved. When you're in a play, yeah, that wall is there. Depending it's called the, on the fourth play. wall for a reason. And even like Shakespeare would do something where someone could turn to the crowd and say, "Blah blah blah," but. Wrestling is such a unique animal in that regard, and they just don't take advantage. And I think that's one of the reasons, like, the random chants have erupted is because there's nothing else to latch on to. Yeah. I mean, Stardust, for a while, when he first turned, he was getting, like, Cody chants because he reacted to them. He had his hands over his ears, and he's like, no, I'm Stardust! Yeah. And that gives the fans something, a reason to be invested. Because this guy's a crazy evil spaceman, but goddamn, he doesn't like being called Cody. So I'm going to call him Cody because he's an asshole. Exactly. And it's just, to watch Vince McMahon, who used to be so good at 
reveling in that energy. Yeah. Kill it was so shocking and so disheartening. So enjoy your dead crowd. It feeds into that, oh, the McMahons are so cool bit that I find I have talked about at length. Yeah. Now, one thing I am interested in hearing about is this whole Lucha Underground uh, review that you have here. I guess there was another intergender match. Yes. uh, Not, you know, and and we've talked about it, you and I, not at all opponents of that sort of thing. have been watching it on the indies a lot longer than Lucha Underground has even been around. Mm -hmm. But in this case, they put a uh, woman wrestler, uh, Taya, Taya Valkyrie, Taya, uh, with Brian Cage, who is, in fact, the largest human being on their roster Mm -hmm. um, and a mountain of muscle. And maybe it looked a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, and... We talked about this at length before the call. Yeah. Taya stepped up and she challenged him in Johnny's place. Johnny wasn't faking hurt. Johnny wasn't doing anything. She's just like, I kicked your ass last week. I'm going to do it again. And it was absolutely no fault of Taya's because she took some absolutely brutal, insane bumps. Yeah. Like, absolutely hardcore woman's tough as nails and nobody's going to deny that but the visual it was very uncomfortable it was a match i would never want to see again i can yeah i can absolutely see why yeah and again taya's very good yeah and it wasn't that it wasn't that you know she was some meek meek scared lady like you know trying to flee she was very clearly the heel. Yeah. But. It's just ab- one of those things where if you put Brian Cage in with, I don't know, a five foot three guy. Yeah. It would look ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Taya is not a very, I don't know, she's not very tall, I don't think. No, but she's Jack. She's a very tough, uh, you know, got, got used to be like a bodybuilder, kind yeah. of amateur bodybuilder type thing. She's a very strong woman, but like mm-hmm. Brian Cage probably weighs 300 pounds. Yeah, the visual was just very far off. Yeah. And it was uncomfortable to yeah, watch. Yeah, because he is a face now and she is a heel and he was just beating the fuck out of her. Did a power superplex, you know, that he does from the second rope out to the outside through a table. To her, and she just debuted, so it's not like she has a season of being just an awful piece of shit. She just like debuted and did a double knee smash to him. Mm-hmm. So like this is him getting his big comeuppance on her, and it's like she really like punishment doesn't really fit the crime. But again, no. she was you know she was hey I'm not afraid. Yeah, she she came out there like a stone like a badass. Yeah. Anyway, you you have notes on the whole show, right? Uh, pretty much. So yeah. Why don't you go ahead and take us top to bottom? Um, on this, and I actually have to duck out for a minute, so good luck. Of course. I'll be back quick, don't you worry. Oh, it's uh, Manflurry leaving me to carry the show yet again. If I get lost and forget, um, I apologize, just... uh... Strenuous, dead white Manflurry. (laughs) I'll be back. No, he won't. So, uh, the show opened up with the Mac asking Sexy Star to be in his corner during his match against Marty the Moth. She was very reluctant, but he kind of reminded her that she's a badass. And she relented and joined him. Following that, uh, it was 
Marty the Moth versus the Mac. A lot of fun. The Mac was doing his usual uh, power stuff. Pretty good. The lights went out, and then Sexy, Sexy Star got distracted, and so did the Mac. Marty got the win from that. Uh, this led to the debut of Mariposa, who is Marty the Moth's sister, and Sexy Star absolutely freaked out. She was, like, cowering away from them, and it was pretty good acting, because she just wanted absolutely nothing to do with them the entire time. Uh, Mariposa told her to get up, and and then Sexy Star did, and Mariposa just kicked the crap out of her. Following that, there was a uh, Phoenix promo, which was quite good. Uh, Jack Evans and PJ Black had a nunchuck fight with Drago. You did not mishear that. There were nunchucks everywhere. And then the duo had the upper hand until Aerostar returned from his time traveling and helped out his buddy Drago. So after that came the um, came the aforementioned match that we just talked about versus Taya and Cage. So there we go. Next week they have a title match. But their stipulation is that if they lose uh, the trio Ivalice, Son of Havoc, and Angelic Angelico, sorry, uh, if they lose, they're out of the temple. So the main event was uh, Prince Puma versus Pentagon versus Mil Muertes. Match was really really fun, same as always. Mil looked. Like an absolute beast. And uh, he ended the match with a double flatliner on Puma and Pentagon. So he got the, uh, got the clean win. Really damn fun. So uh, after that, Phoenix appeared and he said next week he's cashing in his Gift of the Gods championship. And he's going for a title match next week. So, really fun setup as always to establish that uh, that next show, which is always rather crucial. Uh, all in all, a very fun show. There was also a there was also another ad for uh, Famous B. Did you call this week? No, I didn't, but. I love that there's a voicemail set up for Famous B, yeah. if you are to call that number. Get fame. Yeah. Get fame. So uh, it sounded like you were wrapping up there, all in all, yeah. a good show? Yeah, very fun, uh, leading up to a cool title match next week. And, yeah, no complaints. Uh, just that that intergender match was... Yeah. Hey, how come you didn't go to Roadblock? Uh, See, for me, Toronto, A, Toronto's hellacious for travel. Yeah. Like, the, the traffic is absolutely brutal. So, if I have a, if I have one thing to do in Toronto, I want to have, like, five things to do in Toronto. Mm. So, it was just a case where to travel an hour there and back for one thing is a little silly. Makes sense. I get you. Yeah. If I had to go pick some stuff up or, 
deal with some of the vendors, uh, some of my local vendors, whatever, I'd go. But just to go for the wrestling match is not strong enough. What if Lucha Underground had a show up in Toronto? I I would try and find some reasons to go. I'm not going to lie. You, but not, but in and of itself, it wouldn't be enough. Yeah, I would. Like I said, that's just how I am. Yeah. That's that's a tank of gas there and back. So it's a lot to justify just going up for a wrestling show. If it's Hamilton, that's half an hour closer, and I would go no problem. But to drive an hour just for one thing and drive back sucks. I get you. Well, I guess we've run through all our topics other than questions, unless you have anything else to talk about. I guess one thing to mention is uh, apparently WrestleMania has now broken their all-time attendance record. Yeah, we'll see. And there's still more tickets for sale. So they are going to – they're going to do some fucking business. Alrighty. Good for them. Anyway, let's jump into questions. I didn't ask for any, so... Well, go ask for some, and then we can answer the ones I have. Uh, okay, fine. Ask me questions for my wrestling podcast. Okay, you go ahead. Okay, uh, Striking Yak asks, Each of you guess the biggest part of Man Flurry's body, and I will guess the large intestine. Uh, wouldn't the small the small intestine's much larger, isn't it? Sure. There's more uh, footage. Okay. I mean, it's then. less in diameter, but like, there's miles Unders- of that shit. Okay, then yes, I'll say small intestine. All right. Um, why am I guessing? It's my intestine <laughs> or body. I don't have to guess. Then tell. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, that. Oops. My small intestine. That's weak. You just took my answer, and that's weak. Yeah, well, I'm not going to make a dick joke. Okay, so, all right. My what... left ball. Mm-hmm. Man Flurry, what would it take to get you to watch Raw again? Uh, could it be good? I don't know. Like, there are a couple things that absolutely have had... The main things that make me not like the product at all is the poor commentary, the staid presentation, the, um, all the goddamn shitty filler, the acts that aren't over, the lack of involvement from the crowd, and it needs a whole overhaul, really. I enjoy watching the pay-per-views when I remember that they exist, because there's, you know, there's higher stakes, usually the people wrestling are very good. Um, I know that they're going to pull out all the stops, so you won't have uh, shitty finishes, generally speaking. Um, And usually you'll get a couple good matches, you know? Uh, With Raw, it's just the presentation is so awful to me right now. Um, And it has been forever, and eventually, you know... Like, when I started back up watching, I was like, yep, it's as shitty as I remember, but it was new, because I hadn't watched in forever, you know? And even when we have raw call, do you guys even do raw calls anymore? Yeah. Okay. Like when we do raw calls and everything, obviously the announcing is not an issue because we don't have it. But just the show is so uninspired. It's not fun. I like even if you get a couple good matches. First off, three hours is way too long, and we know that it's just mm-hmm. too fucking long for a show every single week. Even with commercials and everything, you're still sitting there for three goddamn hours. Um, 
And, you know, I got to get my beauty rest so I can work out in the morning. So Mm -hmm. tough shit, really. So I guess there is no way for me to watch Raw again. If it goes back down to two hours and it completely revamps its commentary Mm -hmm. and it gets rid of a lot of their dead weight and starts pushing who I want, and Mm -hmm. instead of having long matches between guys who don't mean a fucking shit, you have long matches with actual, like, uh, outcomes that have uh, uh, importance, that change things. I will say, like, on the roadblock... No more authority, ever. Yeah. And I feel like the McMahons have, for as much as they say WWE is the brand, I feel like the McMahons feel like they are the brand. They are WWE. They are the brand. Absolutely. You know, name a a top-level storyline that didn't feature the McMahons, and see if you can find one in the past, like, 15 years. Seriously. Like, even when they're gone, even when they're not there, you... It's like, at a moment, they can be back. Mm-hmm. And when they're back, it's all about them. And when they're gone, like when they like when they take a week off because they know they're going to get a bad number and you can't have McMahons on TV when they're, you know, in Sheboygan or whatever, you uh, you had Kane, you know? You had proxies. It's just weird. They're always, like, it, they're poochy. Yeah. But they're, they're a problem. And, you know, Triple H is a great wrestler. And I enjoy watching him wrestle, and I enjoy watching him take beatdowns where he jumps around and shows ass and everything. Mm-hmm. But every other facet of the authority has been a massive failure. I hate how they booked Seth. I hate that they give Stephanie McMahon time to do promos. I don't care that she cuts two good ones a year when the rest of them are abysmal. I hate the verbiage. <sighs> I hate most things about Raw. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, uh, Raw ain't for me. All right. I need to watch because I do two podcasts or maybe just one now. I don't know. Um, I need to watch because we review it, but I don't want to. All righty. So check what questions you've got. Okay. Uh, Dwarvish, uh, is Pisscast back? Not yet. Stay tuned. Uh, Joshua Gilliam, two questions from which modern wrestler would have been the biggest territory star? Which territory star would be huge in the modern day? Um, I feel like there's a lot of guys who'd be really good in the territories. I feel Ambrose could because he's such a he's such a wrestling historian. If you listen to his influences in the past, Mm -hmm. I feel like with his talking skills, he'd be something special. Yeah, I was just going to say with uh, just. If he were unleashed and, uh, you know, in that environment, his talking would make him a top guy everywhere. Absolutely. Um, you know, and he's tall. He's not, like, huge, but, you know, back mm-hmm. then he'd be, like, all gassed up and everything, so. Yeah. Um, but he'd be, a, he'd be a huge fucking star in the territories. Um, Roman would probably be a big deal as well. Yeah, if only for, like, the heritage push. Um. I don't know. He's... Yeah, Roman is a whole discussion we've had many yeah. times. Um, Wade, with his size and his talking, would be yeah. a perennial uh, top guy everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, don't, you don't get a lot of six foot four fucking uh, good looking dudes back in the era like that. Yeah, I mean he's a big guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Swagger would be an absolute monster back then because he's oh. legitimately like six six and an yeah, amateur. Yeah, he's huge. 
So he'd be pushed, you know, like a, yeah. like a legit guy. I mean, you look at the – Danny Hodge obviously has a much better wrestling pedigree than him. Um, yeah. Wrestling 1 and Wrestling 2 were not big, mountainous men. Uh, uh-huh. So Swagger would have been a big deal. Oh, Lesnar? Oh, God. Lesnar would have been <laughs> – Lesnar's a yeah. dude you could build a company around. In fact, they kind of do. Yeah. Now. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, those guys would all be fucking huge. Um, and then there are other people like Galloway would have been special. Um, yeah, and he's doing pretty, he's doing solid on the Indies. He's working very. Stiff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, who, who, what territory stars imported into this era would have been big deals? Ooh. This is a difficult one for me here. It is because if you go by modern standards. Yeah. Like that's... aesthetics. A lot of the guys wouldn't be given a chance. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, think back to guys in the territories. Maybe even go back a little earlier. And, you know, I'm thinking, like, um... Harley Race? Sure. Uh, I don't see him being anything. Um, <laughs> so funny. I'm just trying to find one. Uh, maybe Kowalski? Killer oh. Kowalski? Yeah. Tall guy. Um, athletic. Probably mm-hmm. with modern nutrition would look good. I could see him being somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, a guy like Bruno mm-hmm. imported into this era if he uh, if he dieted a little bit and got less of a gut. You know, he's yeah one of the strongest men in the world at that time. So I could see him being something. Absolutely. Guys like that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of your guys who were big already. Yeah. Would. Would make it through, but based on pure aesthetics alone, it'd be very hard for them to make it in WWE. True. Andre, though. Andre the Giant. He'd be well, a big star. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Oh, wait. And then he followed up here. Preferably guy who wasn't big back then, um, but would benefit from different times. That is too difficult for me. Yeah. Um, on the spot. Like, if I sat down and thought about it, I could probably come up with a couple, but... Uh... Okay, maybe we'll make that a topic for next week. Or we'll forget. That's, that's possible, too. <laughs> okay. um, Shane Bleppy asks, uh, book Thunder into the main event of WrestleMania 33? <laughs> nah. And Cam is like asks, how do you feel about Dean Ambrose's sharpshooter? Tell me about this sharpshooter, Kath. Uh, it wasn't the greatest sharpshooter, because Hunter was up kind of selling it. He, It wasn't terrific, but it wasn't bad. It was meant to pop the crowd, and it did. If it's not done right, you can say it wasn't done right. It didn't look great. Okay. It wasn't it wasn't as bad as The Rock. <laughs> but it wasn't it Hunter was going for the rope so fast that Ambrose didn't have time to sit back or cinch it in. If he did it on somebody whose legs like whose squads hadn't been torn before, yeah. It would probably look better. I'm all for not cranking back on dudes with bad legs as yeah. legs. Yeah, I mean, with a little time, he could probably work that in. He did a beautiful figure four. Yeah? Yeah. I've always been, like, very amused by people who can't do a figure four, because it's really one of the easiest moves A lot of people do. do. Yeah, well, he did it very fast. Yeah. I mean, but, but the... it's so, like, it's like people don't know, like, the mechanism, like, how to cross the leg. Yeah. But it's it's really simple. A lot of people, like, in wrestling, a lot of people tend to do it slow and showboat, and he just, like, boom, boom. And locked it in. Mm. And it looked more effective that way. 
Well, good for him. It wasn't as showy, but it was like, oh, shit, he just walked in the figure four, and it was fast. It, it felt like that's what you should do rather than showboat. I get you. Rather than, like, grab the leg, go woo, or, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, Ric Flair can get away with grabbing the leg and go woo. But... Also, he, uh, in, you know, in his earlier matches, he would definitely try to throw it on quick. Mm-hmm. So I get where I I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, no, it was it was okay. I think if he had a different opponent, he could probably have cinched it in better. Yeah. But Hunter was immediately right. going for the ropes up on his for up on his yeah. arms, so Hunter couldn't or uh, Ambrose couldn't latch it in. Well. Don't know if he could do a better one, but when if that got added to his arsenal, I wouldn't be offended. <laughs> well, uh, that is the end, I suppose. Yeah. The show. That's the end of my questions. And um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? No, I'm good. All right. Well, then that's episode number 25. And uh, hopefully we'll be back uh, on our usual Thursday schedule. I will try not to forget. Oh, my God. Stephanie McMahon has the creepiest smiles ever. Yeah, she does, doesn't she? She always looks like just very menacing. Does she not look at herself, like, when she's smiling, or? I don't know if she does, but, um, actually, I do want to mention, like, with Triple H, dude looked like he was in amazing shape. Good. Like, no gut, no nothing, just not, not freakishly roided or anything, but very trim. Like, for a dude his age, he looked really good. Yeah. Well, that is good. Yeah. I'm gonna check it. I'm gonna check him out. There's no gifts yet mm-hmm. in the uh, thread. That's very much bullshit. Go make some gifts. No. No. All right. Fine. Alrighty. Well, that's the end of the show, people, and uh, mm-hmm. we will be back at our usual time. Thank you, as always, for joining us here and listening, and uh, we hope you'll join us okay. next week. Maybe next week we'll talk about Hulk Hogan. Um. Oh God. Yeah, we're opening with that, by the way. So hopefully that'll suffice. <laughs> Can you guess what we're opening with? Can opener? No, with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. It's the largest part on his body. His forehead? (laughs) You'll see. (laughs) All right, people. Thanks for listening. So long. Goodbye. Bye-bye. No, I get to say bye last. Bye. Dick. You're right, actually.